Thursday. Today is March the 7th, and you're listening to My Farm. Well, sometimes we look at the in-depth technical aspect of agronomy. Sometimes, though, we just need to step back and take a look at the basics. Today, I visit with Andrew Penny with Bayer Crop Science and talk about the basics as well as the technical aspects of agronomic production. We'll be back with that and more after this message from our sponsor. Sponsored by Seed Consultants. Simply the best value in the seed industry. Learn more at seedconsultants.com. I'm visiting today with Andrew Penny. He is a technical agronomist with Bayer. Andrew, we're at Commodity Classic. What are some of the big topics farmers want to talk about as they're coming through the booth today? Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting a lot of good questions. Uh, I, I would say probably the most common one from uh, across the Corn Belt in, in you know, much of the U.S. is just, you know, what, what can we do and, and how can we think differently about um, some of our management practices in terms of, you know, the environmental conditions we've been facing. And so there, there's been a lot of good conversation, you know, whether you're too dry, which is, you know, much, much of the Corn Belt, you know, there, there's management practices and, and different things you can think about in terms of nitrogen applications, um, hybrid selection that, the, you know, the, the weather really dictates and impacts how we think about that stuff. So obviously there's so many different things for folks to manage and, and, and the environment does impact all of them from when weeds emerge and what you're getting yep. for the crops to come out of the ground, when insects emerge, what yep. the disease environment is, as you said, the impact that it has on nitrogen and, and fertility, but just then also the stress that it puts on plants. Where, where's a farmer start with all that? Yeah, and, and I mean, you brought up a lot of good points, you know, any time we deal with dry conditions specifically, we'll say, you know, that, that impacts potential corn rootworm, um, you know, feeding uh, in, in populations, um, you know, if, if we're too wet or, or just in that, you know, Goldilocks zone, you know, disease like tar spot can be an issue. So it, it kind of makes it challenging because it seems like, you know, no matter what you're dealing with, there's multiple different issues that pop up because of that. You know, and you, you brought up weeds, you know, anytime we're dealing with dry, dry climates, you know, that impacts the efficacy of our, our active ingredients that we put down. So it's, it's, it's kind of one of those situations. It's hard to make a broad statement across the, the Corn Belt. But, you know, if, if you do know what kind of situation, you know, if, if you know your uh, water is a limiting factor, you know, your subsoil moisture is, is decreasing and, and lower than what you're used to, then we can start planning for a, a little bit drier situation. And so, you know, I always like to recommend, obviously, yield is the driving, the driving factor. But, you know, we, we can start choosing those products that have the high yield potential, but also really good heat and drought tolerance. Uh, you, you know, similar to, you know, if you're thinking about insects, you know, we, we can start looking at traded products that, that might have a bigger root mass in terms of, you know, that heat and drought tolerance, but also a bigger root mass if you do have corn rootworm feeding. So, so there's just little things that, that we can do and, and be thinking about. Uh, you know, to, to try and manage what Mother Nature gives us. Sure. Anything on the horizon as far as uh, maybe traits or lines, things that are maybe just differentiating themselves a little bit as you've seen over the last couple of years that are really going to make an impact in the future? Yeah, I, I would say probably, you know, if, if we're talking drought and, and just uh, traits, technology that, that will change, you know, the, the outlook and in, in the you know, just the farming community, impact the farming community in, in a large way is probably our Presion smart corn system. You know, the uh, the shorter stature corn, it, it not only reduces the potential for wind damage, but we're also, you know, in, in some of the preliminary research that we're doing with both internally and at universities, we're seeing a bigger root mass uh, on those products. And so, you know, any anytime you have a bigger root mass, especially in those drought scenarios, you know, that, that just gives that plant the ability to access more water potentially in the soil. So, so I, I think that the you know the Pressy on groundbreaker, uh, Pressy on smart corn system is, is going to be that game changer for not only, 
you know, just a reduction in, in the potential for wind damage. But, you know, let, let growers manage their nutrients differently. They're going to be able to access that crop. You know, we, we, we mentioned nitrogen earlier. They're going to be able to put on nitrogen later just because of that access point. They'll, they'll be able to get any sprayer through um, through that field. So so I, I think that's really the, you know, look, looking at the, the future, you know, the next two to five years, that's going to be the big game changer. Exciting stuff coming down the line. I'm visiting again today with Andrew Penny. He's a technical agronomist with Bayer. Andrew, thanks for your time. You bet. Pleasure. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after this message from our sponsor. Williamson Crop Insurance, home of Decision Max. Decision Max allows you a simple solution to analyze your operation and make informed marketing and crop insurance decisions to mitigate your risks. Manage your whole operation in one place with the ability to blend counties, marketing, and insurance coverage to give a complete overview of your operation. Williamson Crop Insurance, protecting the eastern Corn Belt since 1980. Learn more at Crop coverage.com. Thanks, Joe. Well, food shoppers will likely see only low to moderate food price hikes this year. USDA's Gary Crawford has the latest forecast. Food at home, otherwise known as grocery store food prices, will likely go up this year, but by far less than in recent years. Here's the latest price forecast we have. It's just out from the Department of Agriculture. We're expecting food at home prices to increase by 1.6% in 2024. Economist Megan Schweitzer tracks food prices for the Agriculture Department, and she says right now a food price increase of 1.6% is the most likely educated estimate. Now, yes, it's very early in the year to be absolutely sure of that forecast, but she did tell us. If we were to see 1.6% growth, that would be the lowest we've seen since 2019, when food at home prices rose by 0.9%. And this 1.6% is also lower than, than really the long-term historical average. Over the past 20 years, the average change in food at home prices has been an increase of 2.7% per year. And of course, 1.6% food price inflation would not only be lower than last year's 5% hike, but also hugely lower than 2022 when shoppers saw grocery store prices increase almost 11.5% in just that one year. Megan says since 2022, though, many things have been happening which have started to whittle away at food price inflation rates. We saw commodity prices ease from their highs in 2022. Uh, Energy and fertilizer prices have both come down quite a bit. The Fed has raised the federal funds rate which helps to temper inflationary factors across the economy, including some of those that impact food price changes. So these factors are behind the forecast for moderate food price growth, not an actual decline in overall food prices, just a decline in the inflation rate. Although, Megan says it's not out of the realm of possibilities for prices to actually go down. Food at home prices typically do increase each year, but we have seen a couple years in the in the recent past where prices did decline. We saw this in 2016, where prices declined by 1.3%, and in 2017, where prices declined by 0.2%. And indeed, we food shoppers will likely see lower prices than last year for some products, several of them, as a matter of fact. Megan Schweitzer expects pork to decrease by 0.5%. That's the only category that uh, experienced a price decline in 2023. We're predicting a a decline of 0.9% for fish and seafood prices, 0.5% for cereals and bakery product prices, and 2.8% for egg prices. 
And one final note, so far we've only talked about grocery store food prices going up by only 1.6%, but Megan Schweitzer says if you eat out, prepare to pay 5% more this year because of increases in things like labor and energy. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Thanks, Gary. That's what's making agricultural news on my farm. For my 102.7 WMYW, I'm Dusty Sonnenberg. You have a great day.